This is a download from wirelesstheatre.co.uk, recorded live at the Pleasance King Dome. Couples who changed the world, Stephen and Tabitha King, carried by Stuart Price. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot tell you how excited I am to have my next guest on the show with me this evening. He terrorised you with The Shining, haunted your dreams in Bag of Bones, and made the world end in his epic masterpiece, The Stand. Tonight, reading extracts from his new work, Dreamcatcher, please welcome Stephen King. Thank you for that introduction. I always love it when I get introduced in connection with my masterpiece, The Stand. Nice to know I created my greatest contribution to literature 25 years ago and haven't been able to better it ever since. No, 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 no. We just love that one, don't we, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much. It's great to be here in Edinburgh, Scotland, land of the greatest ghost of all literature. I'm talking about the one from Shakespeare's Hamlet, not nearly Headless Nick. I think what we're doing is I'm going to field a few questions from Ted here, who set this up with my British publisher. Then after that, I'm going to open things up for questions. So please be brave if you have anything you'd like to ask. One thing that always comes up is, where do your ideas come from? So don't ask that one, because the answer is I don't know. Uh, okay, thank you. Uh, well, uh, so do you mind uh, if we begin with the accident? Uh, is it okay to talk about that? Sure. Uh, I'm sure everyone is aware, uh, just in case, two years ago, Stephen was hit by a truck while out walking. And it's safe to say now, but, well, he nearly died. Nearly, yeah. I got a mangled leg, a busted hip, collapsed lung, I was in bad shape. But you made a pretty close to full recovery. Well, yeah, but I can't spend winters in Maine anymore, not to sound like, um, Steptoe? Yeah. Is it, is it Steptoe? Yeah. Grumbling old man, etc. But yeah, I'm here, that's, that's the main thing. Of course, of course, uh, something that we're all certainly thrilled about. Well, I know you guys are thrilled you make money off from publishing my books. <laughs> that, that is true. Uh, so, sorry, you're lying in your hospital bed, and is it true that the first thing you did when you opened your eyes was to ask for a typewriter? No, the first thing I did was scream in pain for a while, but when I stopped that with some of the super cool drugs they gave me, writing came a lot later. Later? Yeah. In fact, for a time, I experienced real terror. I felt that I couldn't write anymore after that accident. In many ways, I had to relearn the craft, and it was long and it was painful, but ultimately, as with all writing projects, I'm sure there are one or two budding novelists here in this audience. As with all writing, the rewards are very cool. So what would be the one piece of advice you would give to any writer? I get this one a lot, too. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll bet. There is no one piece of advice that applies to writing that doesn't also apply to almost every other aspect of life. But one thing I will say, if you want to be a writer, marry well. Get that right and everything else is a bonus. In 1971, Stephen and Tabitha King were two young parents living in a cramped double-wide trailer in a town called Herman, west of Bangor. They were broke and working several jobs to make ends meet. Hi, honey. Sorry, I was trying not to wake you. That's okay. How was it? Tiring. The smell. I don't know how they do it. You're doing it. Yeah, but I don't know how long I'll last. You know, some guys have been there 20 years. Women, too. 
Conditions are awful. I, I didn't think a laundry could smell so bad. What did they got you doing? I'm a young, fit specimen. Really, Stevie? A beer? I just got off work. Come on. It's 2 a.m. So they got me pushing carts around, filled with the clean shit. At first, they took me over to this thing they called the Mangler. Can you believe that? The Mangler. It's like these giant stone rolling pins that you push sheets into, and it just eats them up, squeezing the water out. And all I can think of is, I wonder if anyone got stuck in that thing. Maybe somebody was annoyed about their paycheck, so they accidentally pushed their manager into the stone jaws of the mangler and watched it eat him up and squeeze all of the blood out of his body like a big, wet hospital sheet. Well, that's my nightmare for tonight prepared. Thanks, honey. Look, I'm proud of you. And you don't have to do two jobs. We can get by with the teaching until I can go back to work. I don't want it to affect your writing. Yeah, me neither, but life gets in the way. Stevie. What? I found something in the trash today. I know. I saw you took it out of the trash and left it on my desk. It's not a desk, honey. It's a typewriter sat on the top of a washing machine. Want to talk about it? Honey, you know my rules. First draft door closed, second draft door open. You shouldn't read my work until it's ready to be read. It was in the trash. I consider that to be public domain. Honey, listen to me. It's really good. You should finish it. I saw your note. Thank you for saying that, but no publisher will ever touch a novel like that, and even fewer readers would actually buy it. You should finish it. And aside from mistakenly walking in the Brunswick High girls' locker room for a few seconds, I know jack shit about females. I'll help you with that. Okay, I'll take another look at it. You should. Night, honey. Please take a seat, Mrs. King. Thank you. Stephen grew up in Connecticut with his mother and his older brother. Money was tight, but he was raised in a loving but strict environment. He wrote his first story when he was 11, although his writing would often land him in trouble. I have discovered in the past few days that a pamphlet of literature and commentary by the name of Dave's Rag has been in circulation at this school. After making some short inquiries, it is apparent that your sons may have been involved. Okay. This is a copy of the publication right here. My concern is that the content, while most definitely not appropriate for distribution within the walls of a schoolhouse, may actually be concerning in its own right. Your boys, David and Stephen, created this, a collection of short stories written by other as-yet unidentified students. Now, I will be tracking them down and speaking to their parents, too. But the main thing that concerns me is a story, which I have deduced was written by your younger boy, Stephen, which in fact details the life of a young man who in the evening times turns himself into some kind of howling wolf and tries to eat all of his friends by the light of the harvest moon. Now, Stephen has always struck me as a kind of tender young child, perhaps even shy. Little lanky, kind of goofy looking, intelligent perhaps, but never disruptive. So you can imagine my surprise at what I'm trying to figure out, and maybe you can help me, is why would such a child conjure up a story of such wanton brutality? A vivid imagination, I suppose. Can I take this? I will speak to my sons, and please accept my apologies for any discomfort this may have caused. Thank you for your time. Stevie? Well, honey, you're soaked. What happened? That 
fucking car again. Just stopped right on the intersection. Had to flag down some guy to help me push it. Little guy going bug shit in the back seat. Where is it now? Still there. Just sitting there like a piece of shit. Don't worry, I'll go pick it up and we can take it back to Eddie's and this time he can fix it properly. Now come here and stop worrying. You, you know I can take care of- How many beers have you had? Why? I don't want you driving when you've been drinking. You know I hate that. I'm not gonna be driving. I'm just gonna go pick up the car and bring it back. Are you Superman now? How will you pick up the car without driving it? Well, it can't stay where you left it, honey. I have to get to work later, and plus, if it gets impounded, what the hell will we do then, huh? Don't yell! I'm not yelling! <sighs> okay. You think Eddie's will fix it again? It's just old. It's not their fault. I'll talk to them. You know, I think Playboy might take one of my shorts this month. Could be big for us. You know, they pay up to $2,000. We could get a new car. If we do, I want to ceremoniously destroy that piece of shit, rust bucket lump of crap. He's going to be talking soon. You'll have to watch your language. I swear that damn car hates me. It's got a mind of its own. It breaks down at exactly the point where it will cause me the most trouble. I had milk in the trunk. Maybe it's haunted. Yeah. Haunted by a previous owner who fucking hated milk. You better watch it. One day, instead of just cutting out, it's gonna take over control while you're waiting at the lights and drive right into an oncoming truck despite you, a cattle truck full of cows, yeah. And the car will blow up and lumps of cow will go flying through the air while all around giant milk sacks from the mommy cows will be exploding bloody pink milk all over the road like water balloons. That's nice, honey. Anyway. I got some extra dollars today. Is that how you bought these beers? You got eight. Yeah, you know Martha in the whitey beige trailer, kind of yeah, six trailers down? Yeah, very interesting lady. I always thought the whole repent you thing was a bit of an act. Well, she asked if I could help her move a few things, and inside her trailer, I'm not kidding, she has a life-sized Jesus dying on the cross in a trailer. Can you imagine what that's like for her young girl? What What's her name? I don't know. It's, it's really creepy, the, the whole thing. But hey, money's money, bringing home the bacon, huh? You shouldn't have accepted money for that, Stephen. I tried not to, she insisted. I said, no, no need. It's nice to help out, but she gave me this look and said, I would never forgive myself if I let you work for me on the Sabbath and didn't pay you. <laughs> she did not say that. It's not even Sunday today. She said something like that. Anyways, then she forced $2 into my hand. $2? What did you move? the giant Jesus. I had to hump the guy across the room. And the whole time, her daughter, I, th I think it's Catherine, she just got this, this look. She's staring at me like she's trying to kill me with her eyes for hugging our Lord. But it gave me some new ideas for Carrie's story. Oh, yeah? How's that coming along? Can I read it yet? Soon. I got a few things to work out. Plus, I need more paper for the final stretch, so it may have to wait until after payday. I don't ever want to hear you say anything like that again. Do you hear me? There's a reason why I fell for you, eventually, after you chased me all over campus for weeks. And honey, I hate to break it to you, but it wasn't your irresistible looks. It was your irresistible mind, your irresistible passion for writing. It's what makes you you. And I don't accept that you stop writing for even a second because we ran out of paper. I was going to steal some from school anyway, but... Thanks, honey. 
1986, Stephen King created one of his most famous novels about a psychotic clown that terrorized children in a small main town and how they came together to conquer it. It was a vast 1,138-page masterpiece, nearly half a million words long, and in it, he poured all of his childhood fears. Stevie, could you come in here, please, young man? Hi, Mom. Your teacher and I had a little talk today. Now, I don't much care for having to go to the school because of my sons. It means I have to miss work, and that isn't good for any of us. So I've seen Dave's rag. Very amusing. Now, I will speak to your brother as well, but you must know that things like that, while they may be very funny to you and your school friends, they aren't appropriate to take into school. And while I admire your entrepreneurship, you shouldn't be selling them to your friends. Not yet, anyway. Do you understand why they aren't appropriate? Mm-hmm. Good. Here, open this. I got it from Young's. They said it was the finest writing paper. Get you started. It comes in something called a ream. Did you know that? And here is a box of nice hard pencils. These are just for you. I read your story about the boy who turns into a wolf, and I loved it. It's wonderful. So you keep going. I can't wait to read more. Now go on. Honey. Daddy? Yeah? I have a high school girl question. What coinage do you need for the sanitary dispensers in the locker room? Is it a quarter? <laughs> no, honey. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? What's, what's so funny? They're not coin-op. They're free. Can you imagine having girls bleeding all over campus because nobody can break a dollar? Hey, do you have any change? Why, you want a Coke? No, I seem to be menstruating all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> You're hilarious. Thank you. Coin-op. Oh, dear Lord, can you imagine? <laughs> My wife said a lot. She could swear like a sailor, and boy, she took no shit from anyone, even in her Dunkin' Donuts uniform, which I kind of digged. But you know what she never said? Never once. She never said, why don't you quit spending three hours a night in the laundry room smoking cigarettes and drinking beer we can't afford? Why don't you get a real job? Anyone who has ever read Stephen's work knows he always puts a little note at the start for someone he calls Constant Reader. Stephen's Constant Reader was Tabitha, and she was always the first person to read his novels, which made him more nervous than any scary story. Oh, I know. What a big yawn from a little man. It's okay for you. Mommy isn't reading one of your books. No, she's reading one of Daddy's, which is clearly a piece of crap. And she's probably yawning just like you are. You know what makes Daddy more nervous than hell? When Mommy reads his work for the first time. Because right now I want to run out of this house and run screaming down the road and never look back. Honey? Did you finish? Can you... Hold on, son. I'm just going to put you down right here. Honey, 
Did you finish? I know what you're doing in there. You smuggle the script up your shirt and you're wiping your ass on it and flushing it away. I know, you don't have to sugarcoat. Tell the truth, shame the devil. Okay. Now I'm worried you really did flush it away, but not because it's good, but because it's a trailer park toilet, baby. They block real easily. <laughs> I needed to pee, honey. I'm only halfway through. Stop being so dramatic, for Lord's sake. But what do you think so far? We'll talk about it when I'm done and not before. Did you hear that? She hates it. That's right. Your daddy's going to be an English teacher forever and ever, amen. Oh, you need a change. Stephen's stories were always inspired by the things he encountered and the state of his own life. The Shining is one of Stephen's most famous and critically acclaimed novels. Stephen? Stephen, wake up, honey. Are you okay? Yeah. Sorry, did I wake you? You would have woken the whole hotel if we weren't the only guests. Want to talk about it? It's like a nuclear bomb is about to go off and I'm running around this playground looking for the kids, but I can't find them. And then I look up and the bomb is falling toward the city and then it turns into a giant red bird that comes straight for me. It's got this dirty, bloodied beak and black eyes. Maybe it's a hotel. No, I, I've had it before. Why didn't you tell me? Why would I? If you're having a recurring nightmare, you should share it with me. Just did, honey. But before. Before it wasn't recurring, so I didn't think it was a problem. Where are my cigarettes? You're out. You think they might have any in the bar? It's 4 a.m. and we're the only guests. Come back to bed. I can't sleep now. Look, there's a light on in the lobby. Don't go. I'm just going to go see if anyone is I awake. I don't want you to go. I'll just be a few minutes is all. You'll be fine. Just don't look behind the shower curtain when I'm gone. Steven. <laughs> I'm kidding. Have you seen that bathtub, though? It's deep enough to drown it. I'm surprised it doesn't have scratch marks on the sides from the, the fingers of all the old ladies that have fallen in. I'm going to drown you in there if you don't stop trying to <laughs> scare me. I'll be two minutes. Hi. I wasn't expecting anyone to be awake. You been up all night? Uh, no, sir. I, I just started. Got a lot to do before we leave tomorrow. Uh, what can I get for you? Well, I wanted to get some cigarettes, but what can you do for me, Angelo? Cigarettes, sure. How about the bar? Is that open? Oh, uh, yes, sir. So, tomorrow this hotel closes, right? Yeah. Uh, when the winter comes, it, it gets pretty cold, and most people would rather stay away, so the, the owner just closes the place. Nobody here at all? No, no, no. There, there's a caretaker. Uh, he stays here. We got a new guy this year. Here's your cigarettes. Thanks. I'll just get you a drink. Um, um, what are you having? Surprise me. Uh, oh, uh, sure. So, a caretaker rattles around this place all winter on his own. Yeah. <laughs> I think the pay's pretty good, though. 
Um, plus, you get to help yourself to pretty much anything you want. Uh, I wouldn't do it, though. <laughs> I think I'd go crazy. <laughs> uh, I think the guy this year is bringing, like, his whole family. They're gonna live here for the winter. But, but somebody has to be here to watch the place and make sure the water pipes don't freeze and burst and keep the snow off the roof if possible. And that, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, here you go. Put it on 217? Uh, oh, that's okay, sir. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that's kind of you. Um, I hope you don't mind my saying. You're that writer. Yeah, I'm a writer. Don't know if I'm that writer. I haven't read that book. Everyone at school's going bug shit about it, though. I take that as a compliment. You gonna read it? Oh, <laughs> my mom caught me with that. She'd flip. Also a compliment, I guess. Um, how come you came out to the Stanley? We came out to Colorado on a road trip. Got recommended to me and my wife. So we left the kids with a babysitter in Boulder and came out. I had no idea we'd be the only ones. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's awesome. Um, you, you look a little young to have kids. I feel too young. I, I didn't mean that to sound so bad. It can be hard, though. You, you need some time out. There's a lot they don't teach you when you have kids. Like what? I still don't know. Maybe I'll never know. They make shit real. 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 The other day, my boy, he's, he's a child, tiny little kid, and he sees me typing away and thinks, I want to be like daddy. So he gets his crayons and makes his mark all over a manuscript I've been working on, and I got so goddamn angry. I can't tell you. Ang angry like rage. I, I didn't hit him or anything, but sometimes I have to fight. My Jesus. I left my wife alone in the room. She's probably going crazy. Oh, you want me to top you off before you go? I sure do. You make one hell of a bartender, Angelo. Hey, Stephen. You look like there's something important, Hal. You got a phone call from your wife. You sure? I think so. I'm only asking because we don't have a phone, so for her to call me means she has to get the kids' shoes on and walk down to the... You don't have a phone. Yeah? <laughs> Why not? You spent all the money on bubblegum. What do you think? I'm pretty sure it's her, Steve. Okay. I walked down the hallway with lead in my legs. It could only mean one thing. Something had happened to one of the kids, or worse, even. Hello, Tabby? We got a telegram. Is everything okay? Yeah, Joe, no, honey, please, hold on. Tabby, honey. I'm gonna read it to you. Are you talking to me now? Yes. Okay, ready? Congratulations, Carrie officially a double day book. Is $2,500 advance okay? The future lies ahead, love, Bill. The future did lie ahead, and it was a future which pushed Stephen into the dead zone. His addictions consumed him, but also helped hold back the tide of his fears. I'm afraid of everything. You know, dark, snakes, spiders, rats, clowns, squishy things, psychotherapy, closed spaces, flying. I permanently live in the People's Republic of Paranoia. The number 13 never fails to trace that old icy finger up and down my spine. When I'm writing, I'll never stop work if the page number is 13 or a multiple of 13. 
I'll just keep on typing until I get to a safe number. I always take the last two steps of my back stairs as one, making 13 into 12. There were, after all, 13 steps on the English gallows up until 1900 or so. When I'm reading, I won't stop on page 94, 193, 382, since the sums of those numbers, they add up to 13. Working, honey, can you come back? No, I need you. Did you lock this door? I don't ever, ever want a locked door in my house. Now you open up, you hear me? Honey, I'm trying to work. I need you. Why? You have to trust me, and you have to come with me downstairs. I got back yesterday, and I'm behind on this novel. I just need another hour or two, and I'll be done. Stephen, it's 11 in the morning. Did you know that? Of course, I knew that. I'm not a dumbass. What time did you get up? I couldn't sleep. It was the jet lag. And you know what else? One thing they didn't tell me was that when I was selling books by the million all over America, I'd have to fly every day. And it's killing me. I'm terrified. I'm terrified of going up, terrified of being up, super duper fucking terrified of coming down, controlled or screaming. So I couldn't sleep. So I got up and started working. What time? The time that I get up? I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. Stevie, honey. I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but you didn't get back yesterday. Yesterday was Wednesday. Today is Thursday morning. You came home on Sunday, and you've been in this room since then. Today is Thursday. Yeah. Now listen to me, Stevie, because this is the last chance saloon right here. You need to come downstairs right now. Are you awake? We have to talk about it. I would have thought you'd be more pleased. Your talent is being recognized and $2,500 is like winning the lottery for us. I'm pleased, sure. I'm a little dumbstruck still. Will you quit teaching? No, it's not enough. Not by a long shot. Is everything okay? Yeah. I guess I've been trying to learn how to be a good writer for so long that I'm suddenly realizing there is a whole side to the industry that I don't know a thing about. Is two and a half grand good? I have no idea. I mean, it's great to us. But what if this is as far as it goes? Am I making the right choices? You trust Bill Thompson, right? Sure. Definitely. This is just the start, Stephen. I believe that. This is the start for you. For us, I hope. What about paperback rights? I don't know. I have no idea how it works. What I do know is that if it does go to paperback, then it's 50-50 split between me and Doubleday. What do they normally go for? This can be dangerous to talk like this, honey. Why? Because, hope, we're still poor despite this advance. Hope can be dangerous when you have nothing. Baby, when you have nothing, hope is all you have. And we don't have nothing. We have each other. We have our family. You're right. I'm, I'm sorry. So, come on. What do paperback rights normally go for? Well, from what I've read, it can be anywhere between 10 grand and maybe up to 40 or even 50. So, if it went for 50 grand, we would... It's not... Uh, if it did, I'm just trying to understand it, you'd make 25. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. 
Do you think it will find a publisher? There's a chance, maybe seven in ten. That, that's not likely. It, that's just plausible. It's not likely. But it's plausible. To? You might. Did Carrie sell? Yeah. Okay. The paperback rights to Carrie went to Stignet Books for $400,000. Did you say it went for $40,000? $400,000. Under the rules of the road, 200 k of it is yours. Congratulations, Steve. Are you sure? I am. I need you to, uh, I, I need you to do something for me. I want you to say that number again, very clearly, so I can be sure I haven't misheard. It's a four, followed by five zeros. After that decimal point, followed by another two zeros. $400,000, Steven! Steven! It's yours. More importantly, you earned it. Every penny. You deserve every penny. So, Stephen, you've done everything from, and let me say a few in case people don't know, The Shining, Misery, Stand By Me, The Running Man, The Green Mile, Shawshank Redemption, The Stand... 500 million books sold, countless film adaptations, shaping popular horror and mainstream fiction for four decades. One question, where do you get your ideas? Come in, Stephen. Is this a party? You could say that. Say hi, Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Well, Say hi, everyone. Hey, hey Stevie. Pisces. I gotta say, this is a little confusing. The first thing you have to know is that every one of us loves you very much, cares for you. I hope you believe that. Do you, Stephen? I think so, but can I wait until later to fully commit? <laughs> <laughs> children. We are your closest friends and family, Stephen. All of us. They agreed to come down here today because I asked them to. Because you need help. And you know I believe in charity beginning at home. This is like a surprise party, but of a different kind. I have to show you something, Stephen. While you were away, I went into your study to collect the trash. I always knew it was bad, and I started avoiding going in there, which was easy because you never liked it anyway. 
You're dying, Stevie. You're killing yourself. Look at this. In front of everybody, I want you to look at this. I want you to see it. Some beer cans, plenty of cigarette butts, empty little plastic bags that used to hold cocaine. For those of you that may not know, the amount of coke Stephen has been using has meant he sits in front of his typewriter most nights with cotton wool stuffed up his nose to stop the bleeding. We pretend I don't know. It's a friendly pact. We got cocaine spoons here. Where do you even buy those? Covered in snot and blood. Prescription medicines. Valium. Here, we have a good stash of empty cough syrup bottles. Not to forget, of course, all the empty mouthwash bottles, because, honey, you like to get high by drinking mouthwash. Now you have one choice to make. Either you go to rehab now, or you get out of this house because none of us are going to go through having to watch you kill yourself. Now, buddy boy, What's it going to be? You've been listening to Stephen King and Tabitha. Carried by Stuart Price, with Adam Hall, James Parks, Morag Sims, Nina Mills, and Michael Bodie, with Jackie Fong on the keys. Your sound team were Malcolm Thorpe and Gareth Brown. Produced by Marielle Runacre-Temple, Emily Best, and George Maddox, and directed by David Beck. Visit wirelesstheatre.co.uk to download this and hundreds of other award-winning radio plays. Thank you.